Welcome back to the Win Daily Podcast for today, August 24th, 2019. I am Scott Engel. I am the king. I am fantasy here with the uh, with my cohort, colleague, whatever you want to call him, uh, Brandon C. Williams. Check him out at BCWilliams71 on Twitter. And uh, this is a very big fantasy football draft weekend, so we're going to switch gears here. Win Daily not only helps you in daily fantasy sports, but we also help you in seasonal fantasy sports. So if you if you need something quick and a crunch course for uh, for your fantasy football drafts, we're going to talk first round draft strategy. And then, Brandon, I want you to give me a sleeper at every position. You, you ready for this? Oh, of course. Um, uh, it's that time of year, so I am definitely up to the task. And also check out, you know, we're going to talk some preseason football. For those of you playing daily fantasy baseball, we didn't forget about you. So there's going to be a deluxe edition here. Uh, and also check out, we got the big college football game tonight, right, uh, uh, yes, Brandon? Yeah. Kicks it off. 7 o'clock, I think. So yeah. check out check out the sports betting analysis from our new handicapper, uh, Phil Nasians. You know, very, very successful handicapper. Uh on our homepage. So let's start out with fantasy football and let's do a guide to the first round. Uh, who, who you would take at every pick and why uh, for, for people drafting this weekend and he didn't get to study a lot and you want to crash course and you want to get through that first round. Uh, let's talk about who we like at every pick. So I'll, I'll go through a slot and we'll give one line and why about why we like each guy. Sound good to you? Fair enough. All right. Uh, number one overall, I'm going to go Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Cam Newton's injury doesn't look like it's serious at all. Uh, and McCaffrey is going to play much the same role that he did last year. Uh, and the, unlike Alvin Kamara, who gets his carries cut into, and Saquon Barkley, who might face more defensive attention, I think McCaffrey will do much the same that he did last year. Okay, who would you take at number one? I would have to go with McCaffrey. Uh, he's got more offensive weapons working for him this year. Uh, Cam Newton, like you said, you know, the injury doesn't appear to be that serious. And when you look at the fact that uh, Saquon Barkley's going to be looking at eight in the box uh, most of the time and also has to deal with uh, a potential quarterback controversy at some point between uh, Manning and uh, the rookie Jones, uh, I think that McCaffrey's the safe pick. All right, number two, I'm going to go Saquon Barkley because I guess by deduction, uh, Kamara gets all the – Kamara just doesn't get as much yardage from scrimmage as the other two. Uh, he does score a lot of touchdowns, but he'll have Latavius Murray uh, cutting into his work. So I'm going to go uh, Barkley two and Kamara three. How about you? And this is PPR we're doing. Certainly. Uh, I would have to go with uh, Barkley as well. Uh, when you look at both Barkley and McCaffrey, you've got two bats that you know will get you over 1,000 yards rushing. But both of these guys are capable of giving you between 700 to 800 yards receiving as well, probably finishing in the neighborhood of 65 to 70 catches each. Okay, and uh, at number four, uh, I was at Big League Impact for the New York Mets yesterday. A lot of people asking fantasy advice. Check it out. It's great. Fantasy football for charity, bigleagueimpact.org. Uh, and people say, who would you take fourth, DeAndre Hopkins? I said, no. I, I, I have to uh, – you know, if I get a chance to get one of those top RB1s, like the top six of them, I have to take it. So for me, it's James Conner at number four. 
proved how versatile he can be as a replacement for Le'Veon Bell last year, and I think he plays a huge role this year. Uh, probably the only guy in the country that does this, but James Conner's my number four pick. Uh, you probably will remain the only guy in the country is the, with Conner as the number four. He's certainly a first-rounder to me, but I think we go with DeAndre Hopkins uh, up to Houston, Texas. I think that he's set for a monster season. As good as his past couple seasons have been, he's set for a big year with he and uh, Deshaun Watson set to light it up. I can see you know, triple-digit receptions, certainly around 12 to 14 touchdowns, if not more. Okay, uh, number five, I'm going Le'Veon Bell. Again, I want one of the most top running backs. Uh, I think he's going to be hugely motivated after a year off and is going to be a big part of that Jets offense. So number five for me, Le'Veon Bell. Uh, I would go ahead and take Connor at number five. Again, I think he'll be a very big part uh, in a revamped Steelers offense. They're still, They will still do a lot of what they've done over the past few years, but I think that Connor's going to have a much bigger role in the passing game this season now that those targets that once were going to Antonio Brown are going to be spread out. Number six, David Johnson. I found talking to a lot of fantasy players. They're very burned by what David Johnson has done for them in the past when, he, when he's been picked high. But uh, this is going to be an improved offense in Arizona. He's going to be a very important part of it. So David Johnson's my number six. Uh, I'll go ahead and slide uh, Le'Veon Bell in as my number six pick. Uh, certainly there will be some adjusting you know, to the fact that he did not play last season. But I think that Jets offense is going to be a bit underrated. And again, in the PPR format, we know what Le'Veon Bell can do as a receiver. So expect you know, a usual productive season from Le'Veon Bell now that he's healthy and he's got the money. Okay, number seven, uh, I go Devontae Adams. He's my number one ranked fantasy wide receiver. Should get a ton of targets from Aaron Rodgers again. I'm going to look at Juju Smith-Schuster as my number really? seven guy. Wow. I think, yeah, I think that Schuster is set to be uh, set to become what Antonio Brown was, if not more. More explosive, younger, and in that offense, Smith-Schuster is lined up to put up some very, very productive numbers this season. Okay. Uh, my number eight, Michael Thomas, uh, set for another great year with Drew Brees. He's my number eight overall. At number eight, I'm probably going to agree with you uh, with Michael Thomas. You know, the Saints offense is going to continue lighting up opponents on a weekly basis. Thomas gets better with each year, and I could see him putting together another solid season. I think he has a career year this season. Number nine for me, Julio Jones. Uh, no health issues coming into this year, which has been a problem in the past. And he really dispelled uh, any worries about his touchdown output during the second half of last year. Uh, this is where I would take uh, Devontae Adams. Uh, good receive, solid receiver. Good numbers are coming ahead for him. I think that with the coaching change in Green Bay, both he and Aaron Rodgers should thrive, and you probably will see some of Adams' best numbers in 2019. And number 10, DeAndre Hopkins. He's my fourth-ranked wide receiver. I'm the only guy in the country that's doing this. And people are saying to me, why? He's durable. He's number one every year. Well, you know, some medical reports that I've uh, – you know, they're not personal medical reports from him, but just talking to some medical experts uh, over the last few weeks, you know, I've learned that Hopkins has been taking so many, you know, injuries and played through them very admirably, but they might start to catch up to him this year and he might start to miss some time. So I'm dropping Hopkins to number 10. That would be very devastating to the Texans and to fantasy players who uh, would use him. Uh, as my number 10 pick, 
I would probably look more in the direction, and this is more of a sleeper play, sleeper play here. I would go with Nick Chubb of the Cleveland Browns. I really? Think that, I think that Chubb has got a very solid season ahead of him. I think that, you know, he's going to be a very big, obviously he's going to be a very big part of that Browns offense. He's got the potential to go a yard on virtually any play. And I think that he'll be a very big part of that passing game. You got to remember now that Duke Johnson is with the Texans. A lot of those targets are going to go to Chubb now. Wow. He's starting to go up the board. I saw him picked in a second round, second round of the draft on Friday. You know, somebody and I looked at each other. It was a live draft. I said, what? Uh, <laughs> number 11 for me is Joe Mixon. Uh, A.J. Green out. He's going to need a lot of defensive attention. But he got a lot of defensive attention last year when A.J. Green missed games. And we saw, although he is incredibly explosive, he's a workhorse. He's going to get a lot of touches. He is used to facing extra defensive attention. So I'm okay with him in the first round. I like David Johnson here at number 11. He'll fit well in that new Arizona air raid offense of Cliff Kingsbury. You have to trust the back. You have to like the running back the second year after a major knee injury. And this is where Johnson is. I think that he goes back and he'll look a lot like the vintage uh, pre-injury David Johnson. No, that's why I have him at number six. Uh, <laughs> number 12 for me, Tyree Kill. He's all set to have another big year. Now they know he's not going to be suspended. Of course, so always ways to in the back of your mind that if he does anything else off the field, uh, that he could get suspended again. But uh, I'm not going to worry about that. And I'm going to put Hill number 12. I will agree with you on that. I don't think that you can, you can focus too much on what happens off the field. The guy, if he stays clean, he's going to be on the field. He'll be productive. Okay, let's talk a little draft strategy now. And uh, people always want to know at the beginning of the draft, especially, should I go running back, wide receiver? Should I go running back, running back? And what I tell them is, at the beginning of the draft, let the draft come to you no matter where you sit. Even if you're the 12th pick, uh, you know, you want to have our top 200 uh, on the whole page. It's free in front of you from Win Daily. Uh, make sure you check that out on the NFL tab as well. And just have your top 12 guys ready and just keep crossing off guys until it comes to you. And then take your top player off the board, regardless if it's a running back or a wide receiver. For me, in the first few rounds, it's not running back, running back, or wide you know, uh, running back, wide receiver, then running back in the first few rounds. It depends on the flow of the draft for me. What I usually advise people is in the first four to five rounds, Take the best running backs and wide receivers uh, overall, regardless of order. And you know, if you get one of the top three tight ends, you want to mix them in there, go ahead. Avoid the Pat Mahomes trap. His quarterback is deep, as good as he is. And wait until at least the sixth round for your quarterback. You, you can, and you can wait to really late. You know, lately I've been seeing Brian going to 10th, Wilson in the 11th, uh, Rivers, Roethlisberger in the 12th, Rivers in the 13th. You, you can wait on quarterback. And Jason McGraw, really likes doing that. You can't wait that long on running back. I think you have to get at least one by the third round. But it's okay to start wide receiver, wide receiver, if you get two superstars. I, would, I like the fact that you, know, you, have to, you certainly have to let the draft come to you. Don't be the guy who ends up, you know, blowing you know, the entire draft because of something that, you know, you think, you know, could happen. 
Uh, sometimes, you know, you do get the guy that you want, even if you're sitting in the back end of the first round. I do agree with you that you do have to come out of the first three rounds with at least one running back. I am also of the opinion that if you're sitting at the end of the first round, uh, I would uh, go. I would test the theory of grabbing you know, the two stud tight ends off the board uh, in uh, Travis Kelsey and Zach Ertz. Uh, you could certainly flex one, if not the other, and it kind of cushions you uh, in case one of them gets injured. It also gives you some flexibility for potential trades out there. I wouldn't consider quarterback until at the very least the seventh or eighth round. There's just way too much. Uh, there's way too much similarity. Uh, in my opinion, when you look at quarterbacks, you know, I don't think that there's any reason why you should use a top 50 or a top 60 pick on grabbing a quarterback. I agree with you. I would not fall into that Pat Mahomes crap. And unfortunately, I think there's going to be a lot of people this year who are going to jump early and think that Mahomes is going to basically do a lot of what he did last year. And you're also going to have those that go that believe that seeing a full off season of him and also the so-called Madden curse uh, is also going to work with them as well. Uh, at wide receiver, I think the position is a bit underrated once you get past the top three or four. I think when you go into the second and third rounds, you can grab a quality guy like the Keenan Allen or Adam Thielen. I also would not get enamored with the rookies this year. I don't think that there's obviously not a Saquon Barkley uh, at the running back position. There's not a go-to guy of, that at wide receiver that I would look at, say, in the first seven or eight rounds. So, I don't think that you should be going after chasing after Josh Jacobs until like maybe the fourth round. Then maybe you start seeing that pack fall in a bit with guys like David Montgomery falling in there as well. Yeah, the one thing I would disagree with you on the tight end thing is because if you take two tight ends in the, the, the early rounds, you're really hamstringing yourself in other positions. You don't need to back up one with the other. Uh, I don't agree with that. I th and I don't draft a trade either. That's the one thing that I would probably disagree with. You know, you want to back up Kelsey, uh, get a Trey Burton or somebody like that later on. All right, let's go one sleeper at every position. And this is to help people always ask, I need your, I'm not prepared. I need your sleepers. So at quarterback, I'm going to start with David Carr. Uh, I feel he's, he has the best uh, crew around him of his career. Uh in terms of supporting cast, and he's really under the gun to prove that he can be the guy that he was in 2016. Quarterback uh, for I'm, you. My sleeper quarterback uh, will be Carson Wentz. Uh, there's a lot of similarities uh, with Carr in the sense that he's got a lot to prove. Uh, he was you know, he was struggling last season, uh, didn't put up the numbers. Uh, that a lot of people expected compared to his MVP season. But he's got a ton of weapons this year, and I think that this is the year where you could see Wentz, not Mahomes, actually become the top fantasy quarterback. Well, that wasn't a sleeper by the book, but it's such a bold prediction that you think Carson Wentz is going to be the number one quarterback in fantasy I'm football this year? That, I'm going on record as saying that Carson Wentz will finish the season as the number one quarterback in fantasy football. Wow. That... that... You know, you used to watch Seinfeld, right? Yes. Yeah, you're throwing a big matzo ball out there, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, running back, uh, I'm going to go Kalen Balazs. Uh, Kenyon Drake's already got an injury. Has shown he can't be anything more than a part-time back. Balazs uh, maybe can be a goal-line guy. When I saw him rip off a 75-yard run against the Minnesota Vikings late last season, I said, this kid's got some talent. Uh 
you know, he may be the best player on a on a very mediocre Miami offense. Uh, my sleeper is going to be Duke Johnson of the Houston Texans. Uh, once that deal was made uh, with the Browns, I'm on record saying that I think that Duke Johnson outscores Lamar Miller this season. I'm not that big of a Miller guy, and I think that especially if your theory on uh, uh, DeAndre Hopkins is correct, Duke Johnson's going to you know, really be a PPR beat. I think that he'll outpoint a heck of a lot of people. I think that he's going to end up being someone that will be a surprise in the top 15 or top 20. All right. Uh, wide receiver, I'm going to go Geronimo Allison. Played very good for uh, four games last year before he was hurt. Can get him in about the 10th round. Uh, I I like Allison a lot to work out of the slot and use his size and be a dependable second receiver for Aaron Rodgers. My sleeper is going to be uh, out Denver. I like Cortland Sutton uh, to surprise and become a very dependable wide receiver. Big wide out from SMU, their first round pick from last season. Uh, Showed flashes of potential, but I think that in that revamped Broncos offense, you've got new faces at receiver with the end of Shea Hamilton. Sutton's got home run speed, and I think that he's a guy that could quietly put up 1,100 yards and 10 touchdowns. All right, I'm at tight end. I'm going to go Mark Andrews. He's coming into the second year along with Lamar Jackson. The two had a good connection last year, uh, some big plays. It's got especially one big 60-plus catch and run down the stretch uh, late in the season. And I think Lamar Jackson is going to start to improve as a passer. He's going to look to Andrews and a lot of key passing downs and also near the goal line for touchdowns. I'm going to look at a comeback kid uh, as my potential sleeper. And I'm going to look at Jimmy Graham out in Green Bay. I think that there's still some mileage left uh, in the veteran tight end. And with the way that the Packers offense is set, he's going to have his share of red zone opportunities. You know, people are going to ignore Graham uh, a lot uh, in drafts. But I think that towards the end of the draft, when he's sitting there and you do need a backup tight end, he's a guy that could end up starting the season as your backup, but end the season as your starter. All right. So that wraps up our draft, uh, our draft preview for this weekend. Uh, if you want to talk more to our experts, you can get our premium gold package and go to the NFL chat room and talk to uh, talk to all of our experts, including myself and Brandon, one-on-one with any of your draft questions. Get that premium gold package right now, seasonal and DFS, and it covers all sports. All right, let's look at uh, Saturday night preseason DFS games. Uh, our Andrew Erickson has some great previews on the homepage. Uh, tonight, Arizona's in Minnesota. Uh, especially after the sloppy performance last week, they're indicating uh, that uh, Cliff Kingsbury is going to play his starters like it's a regular game. Uh, so Kyla Murray, you know, maybe has some appeal here. Maybe David Johnson a, a, a little bit too. And uh, maybe Ricky Seals-Jones for a touchdown. What do you think of using some of these Cardinal starters? I think that the- I think this is a good time to use with other Cardinal starters. Kyler Murray said that they would not be using the same five or six plays that they've used in the first two preseason games. So we're going to get an opportunity to really see him uh, with that expanded playbook. Uh, one wide receiver that I do like, I don't think you'll see a lot of players with Gerald, obviously, but one guy I do think I would be interested in seeing uh, would be Hakeem Butler, a big wide receiver out of Iowa. Oh, wait a minute. He's, he's injured. Okay. He's, he might he might be out for the year, so uh, I think I think uh, Keyshawn Johnson is somebody that they've been looking for a lot. Johnson's a very solid receiver, has had a pretty strong camp. Uh, you know, he and Christian uh, Kirk 
and at very impressive camp. So I think that this is an opportunity for Johnson to come in and uh, really assert himself and compete, say, maybe for that uh, number two wide receiver spot outside of uh, Fitzgerald. All right, with the Vikings, uh, Sean Mannion didn't look so good last week, but uh, both of the running backs did. Uh, Mike Boone might be a strong play here as well. And uh, and uh, Laquan Treadwell, they're trying to feature him more to either get be going to be the third receiver or maybe to trade him. So, uh, you know, Treadwell, Treadwell and, and Boone are worth plays tonight. Alexander Madison looked really good, too, if uh, you want to try him in a GPP. Uh, I like the potential of Madison. He's going to find a way to stay on that field, not just for tonight, obviously, but uh, for throughout the season. He's going to start pushing Dalvin Cook uh, for some carries as the season goes on. If you're looking for a sleeper at wide receiver, uh, look at Brandon Zilstra. Called a touchdown pass in last week's win. I think another solid performance locks him up and assures that he makes the 53-man roster. All right, Houston is in Dallas, the Battle of Texas. Uh, you won't see too many of the the, uh, the, the starters here. Uh, they're going to play play a lot of the backups, etc. You know, maybe Josh Ferguson at running back is uh, one guy you consider. Uh, Joe Webb, you know, always with the rushing upside. Uh, Vincent Smith at wide receiver, uh, and also you know, for the Cowboys, you know Tony Pollard makes a great play for tonight as well. You know they're continuing to like feature him a lot. John Bay Johnson at wide receiver, uh, so you know maybe 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 a few a few guys to look at here, but it's not an outstanding game for for, for me in terms of fantasy uh, preseason DFS. Uh, completely. Outside of Webb, there really isn't anyone that I would look at on either team. Yeah, and you know, people people asking us in the chat room and on Twitter saying, you know, uh, can you give us some values, some solid plays for DFS preseason football? And it's just very, very hard. It's not like the regular season uh, where you have to, where you know more who's going to play. This is about a complete crapshoot about predicting playing time and reps. Uh, it, it is, and you know, the third week of preseason has traditionally been that week where the starters uh, get extensive play. But a lot of teams have been very wary about putting those starters out there, you know. And I think obviously with the way uh, Cam Newton got injured on Thursday, you're going to see a few coaches kind of pull back and thinking that you know it's it certainly isn't worth it to get my starters out there for an extra series or two because I'm basically risking them getting injured. Yeah. Well, you know, take some of the plays that we're mentioning here. Uh, take some of the plays that Andrew is mentioning on the homepage and roll out multiple lineups. That might be the best way to go. Uh, Chicago's in Indianapolis. Uh, the Bears are going to hold out a lot of their starters. Maybe Javon Wims, uh, Kenneth White, Kareth White at running back uh, for the Colts. Uh, Jacoby Brissett is a guy I strongly consider. Uh, I think he's one of the best backup quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, maybe my second pick behind Murray tonight at quarterback. Uh, you know, maybe you'll see maybe some Jordan Wilkins action here as well. Uh, Deion Kane is out of good preseason as well. Uh, I'm looking at the running back position um, because you're looking at a couple of guys. Obviously, Wilkins uh, is someone that's going to get a lot of touches. Uh, but you're also uh, having to take a look at Cedric Ware uh, and the newcomer, Chen Carrick West, uh, who also will get some carries as well. 
You know, you know you've got Himes and uh, Mac, basically your number two and your number one. So the number three spot in the Indianapolis backfield is going to be the key to me uh, for watching this game tonight. Okay, the, the Saints are at the Jets. Drew Brees is pr probably going to play, but uh, not a lot. Uh, Austin Carr's had a, had a good preseason. Taysom Hill is somebody else to consider as well because of the rushing, passing hybrid. Actually, Taysom Hill might be one of my favorite plays tonight for the Jets. Uh, Ty Montgomery should see a lot of work tonight. I, I would agree with you on Hill. Uh, you're, you'll see a lot of him as well. Uh, the one guy that I'm uh, actually taking a look at, I want to see a little more of Dan Arnold at tight end. Uh, he has looked uh, pretty solid in the preseason uh, and is starting to put himself in a position where he could be a very deep sleeper, especially in the deeper uh, fantasy leagues. Okay, San Francisco's at Kansas City. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's had a 0.0, .0 passer rating in the preseason, so I'm liking the Chiefs' defense here. And uh, Darwin Thompson's had a great preseason. Uh, probably Him and Pollard are probably my pack, top running back plays for tonight, and I like the Chiefs' defense. Uh, Kansas City's defense will be a solid play here. San Francisco's offense just really has not come together uh, in the preseason. Uh I don't know if it's a case of whether they're holding back. Obviously, some of that is. But, you know, there is there has to be some level of concern with the way Garoppolo has looked uh, in the limited time he's played this season, in this preseason. Denver's at the Rams. And, uh, Kevin Hogan is uh, going to play a lot for Denver. Uh, maybe some Jawan Winfrey. Uh, not too like it too much from Denver here. Not not as much as the Rams either. Blake Bortles. Uh, Daryl Henderson is continuing to get run, uh, but uh, you know, not a lot from this game. I would agree. You know, there's not much to uh, watch on this one. You know, you're not going to obviously see a lot of the starters in the game, so I would go ahead and uh, basically kind of punt this one when it comes to looking for our production for your DFS team uh, in yeah. the NFL season. Okay, and then we have the Seahawks at the Chargers. Uh, David Moore's got a shoulder injury. Uh, you also got the DK Metcalf injury. So this is a good spot for Jerron Brown to continue to to, to uh, get a lot of reps with the starters. And he had two catches for 52 yards last week. His playing time might be somewhat limited, but I think you might see him for a lot of the first half. So I like Jerron Brown tonight. Rashad Penny was getting crunched behind the line of scrimmage a lot last week behind the second-team offense, and we saw Chris Carson play well. Uh, Pete Carroll Pete Carroll has been, you know, talking up Penny this week. You might see more of Penny tonight, so I think he's a nice GPP play. On uh, the Chargers side, no Phillip Rivers, uh, et cetera, but, you know, maybe some Justin Jackson uh, action here. I like this in this one, you know, Jared Brown has established himself. I think he goes into the regular season as a top three wide out uh, for this squad when you look at the injuries that they've had. I'm curious to see as to what they will do with Keenan Reynolds, uh, the wide receiver, former Navy quarterback. I would like to see, you know, the third preseason of the game. Maybe you start using him, you know, in a variety of ways in order to see as to whether or not you can use that extra wide receiver spot. Uh, extra wide receiver spot, knowing that Reynolds is also a guy that you can count on as basically a number three or a number four quarterback as well. Yeah, but I I don't know if he's going to make the team or not. Uh, the guys to watch is Jazz Ferguson. They like him a lot, and also John Orsua, <laughs> one of the late draft picks. So I would say quarterback, you know, uh, you definitely like 
Kyle, uh, we, we said we, we definitely like Kyla Murray, uh, for tonight, you know, there, there's certainly one Joe Webb. And I think there was one more I mentioned and I, I forgot. Uh, what was the well, other? Uh, you also mentioned Taysom Hill. Yeah, Taysom Hill was the other guy that I got. Running backs, uh, we say, uh, we say Darwin Thompson, Tony Pollard, Rashad Penny, uh, maybe maybe Boone from the Vikings as well. Uh, wide receiver Jerron Brown. Who are some of your other favorite wide receiver uh, players? Uh, yeah, I would also take a look at. You know, we also uh, mentioned uh, Treadwell uh, very strongly. Uh, as one of the receivers, we did, of course, mention uh, Jerron Brown, uh, one other wide receiver that I'll probably take a look at, you know, because the Texans are going to be really banked or really banked up at wide receiver uh, this evening. Maybe you might want to take a look at Stephen Mitchell, uh, one former wide out from USC. He should probably get considerable playing time considering the fact that you've got a handful of Texans wide outs that won't be playing tonight. If we're going to like Murray and, and – uh... And Hill, who are the wide receivers we should connect them with? We're going to do the connection. Uh, if you're going to uh, go with, uh, if you're going to go with Murray, I would look into the. Re- I would really start looking into the direction of Keyshawn Johnson. I think that's a very obvious pick uh, when you look at Taysom Hill uh, for tonight. Uh, Austin Dwayne- Austin Carr. Austin Carr, I was, about, I was about to say, Austin Carr, he's had a very strong training camp. I think he's made the team. I think that he's a guy who's going to work his way maybe into those four and five receiver sets for the Saints. And tight end, uh, we didn't mention tight end much. I think Noah Fant is somebody to look at tonight because, you know, they want to, you know, give him more game run. Fant certainly is a guy that I would take a look at. Uh, with the t- there. Actually, I'll go back to the Texans uh, for another look at tight end. Uh Waring, uh, the uh, Waring, Waring's probably not going to play. He's not going to play, okay. Yeah. Uh, if he's not going to play, then I would probably take a look at Jordan Atkins. I think that this will be an opportunity for him to get a couple of targets in there, uh, especially near the red zone. Okay. And defensively, we said we like the Chiefs. Okay, you're, you're listening to the uh, Wind Daily Podcast, Scott Engel and Brandon Williams. Let's uh, rip through today's uh, DFS uh, really quick for you today. Uh, make sure you check out Brandon's uh, hitting picks today. Uh, Daniel Daniel Weir stacks. And, of course, uh, pitching with Jerry Colvin. The Nationals of the Cubs, Joe Ross has pitched well. But Jose Quintana has been dominant recently, where I would use him to the point against anybody, 10,400 on DraftKings. He has been uh, very solid, 3-0 and 138 ERA. And over the last 26 innings, he's got 33 strikeouts and one walk. Uh, the Nats, you know, hit up the Cubs uh, big time on big time on Friday. I don't see that happening on Saturday with the way Quintana's pitching. The Yankees are at the Dodgers. Uh, CC Sabathia against Tony Gasilius as an opener. Yankees bats are always in play, but uh, Sabathia hasn't performed well recently. You could probably run a, a Dodger stack here, especially when you look at the fact that AJ Pollock is just thirty four hundred dollars. Uh, Justin Turner is thirty three hundred. Corey Seager's thirty one. I think the Dodger stack is heavily in play today. I would agree with you. This is certainly a good opportunity to load up on your on your LA guys. Yeah, uh, and of course, you know, want to stack this full game if you play an early slate. Go right ahead. Philadelphia is in Miami. Zach Eflin's only fifty nine hundred, but as we learned last night uh, with Vince Velasquez, 
It's not just about the you know who the opponent is. Uh, Jordan Yamamoto's been been getting hit recently, so I at least want uh, a Philadelphia mini stack in here. Bryce Harper's probably not going to play; he's off on paternity leave. Uh, but you can't. JT Real Muto's just thirty seven hundred uh, on DraftKings tonight, and uh, Mikel Franco just came back from the minors. He's only two thousand dollars. He'd be an interesting play. Thank goodness you don't have to worry about his fielding. Uh, but he would certainly be an interesting play here. Uh, Reese Hopkins is overdue at some point. Uh, he's sitting at 4,200 at uh, DraftKings. I think that he is certainly a guy that you, know, you could probably take a look at if you're going to consider a stack against uh, Jordan Yamamoto. Yeah, I would. Uh, by the way, those uh, those early prices uh, that I gave out, you know, they they're just incredible. Like like. Uh, Two thousand dollars, you know, for for some of these guys. Is this game uh not on the slate today? Yeah, this no, is a six six ten game. Uh, I'm sorry yes, about it that. that. It's 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 not it's not on the main slate today. No, uh, no. All right, so you only got two early games there. So, well, they on the oh, slate. Uh, you got the Nationals, Cubs, Yan- Yankees, Dodgers. Uh, if you're gonna play the all day slate, though. Uh, you know, Katana and the Dodgers stack are definitely in play. So, uh, sorry about that. We'll move on. Cincinnati's at, at uh, Pittsburgh tonight. Alex Wood against uh, Trevor Williams. Trevor Williams has not pitched well recently. Uh, Alex Wood is just 8,000 against this lineup. Somebody you got to consider, but uh, you like a few of these Cincinnati bats uh, here. Uh, Derek Dietrich has come back off the DL. He's 4,000, but I don't know if I would, I would use him. You do get the lefty-righty split. Uh, you know, but a few bats here, you know, of course, Aquino is in play. Uh, I would at least consider a Cincinnati mini stack. Uh, the uh-huh. a good, they're, they're, that's a good play there. You know, you look at Williams, 803 ERA, put up 18 home runs uh, in his last 10 starts. Aquino comes in at $4,800 uh, at DraftKings. Uh, this could be a night at Phillip Irvin's in the lineup. You know, he'll come in you know, at a fairly decent bargain at 3600 uh, Jesse Winker comes in at 51, uh, Nick Stenzel at 50, uh, excuse me, at 42. And uh, you would also look at a uh, guy like Jose Iglesias at 3,800 uh, because I think you can do some damage with the mini stack of reds here. Yeah, Iglesias occasionally gives you some hitting here. Uh, he does. You know, he's not a guy that you, know, you look at on a daily basis, but you know, he'll give you the occasional pop. And when you have a guy like Williams who is struggling, uh, the way he has, you know, he's got a OPS, an opponent's OPS, way over uh, one thousand. Uh, I would look at him. I would look at a red stack and consider, you know, a guy like Iglesias because of the fact that you can save a little bit of money on him, especially uh, when you look at Fanduel when he's going in at just twenty nine hundred dollars. Uh, Tampa Bay at Baltimore. Let's rip through these quick. Jose Alvarado uh, against John Means. Uh, Means has has. Uh, started to fall apart here, but uh, would you go back to him at 6,100 as a GPP play? Uh, I, I don't think I could at this point. Uh, I think the wheels have fallen off for him. Uh, I don't think I would consider a, a mini stack of uh, rates, especially uh, you know, especially with the way uh, they've been up and down uh, the past couple of weeks offensively. Okay. Uh, Los Angeles is Houston. Dylan Peters uh, pitched okay, but not that you would use him. Wade Miley's been really good, uh, 9,200 on DraftKings. Miley is a guy considering GPP. 
Uh, he has been solid. Uh, three runs or fewer in 24 of 26 starts. And, you know, you, know, you look at the fact the Astros are 18 and 8 with them on the mound. Uh, Arizona, Milwaukee, I would go to Zach Galen here. Chase Anderson is somebody I don't I don't like either. Uh, this game is screaming a void to me. It's an avoid. Uh, Galen, you know, Galen is a guy that, you know, a ton of potential, but the control problems do worry me. I would consider throwing in a boot <laughs> there. I'd probably look at a guy like uh, Ryan Braun uh, this evening. I wouldn't go completely stack uh, with Brewers, but Braun at $4,800 uh, at DraftKings, I think we'll have a bit of a bargain play here. Atlanta to Mets. Max Fried, I really like him as 8,300 against uh, the Mets because uh, Fried is the, the Mets bats have got a little cold lately. Uh, so I like Max Fried a lot. Zach Wheeler definitely uh, used some Atlanta bats, although I don't know if I don't necessarily stack against him. No, I wouldn't uh, really stack with him. Uh, depending on whether or not uh, they want to give him a night off, uh, I would consider Wilson Ramos. Uh, at DraftKings at $3,900. He does have a 17-game hit streak. The reason yeah. I do like him is that uh, he does hit lefties real well, 965 OPS. So that it is something to consider. He does have five home runs in the season against lefties. So if he's in the lineup, I would consider using him. Okay, then we got Detroit and Minnesota. Kyle Gibson, a great play at 9,000 based on the matchup. And also easy twin stack against Edwin Jackson. Yeah, line up your twins tonight uh, up and down the order. I'm making sure I've got some Miguel Sinel in there at $4,700. Uh, Eddie Rosario comes in at $46. Uh, you also look at Max Kepler in at $47. Uh, Jake Cave, who went deep twice last night uh, at $3,200, could be a sneaky spot in there as well, especially if they're going to put him in at the bottom of the order as they did last night. Okay, uh, Kansas City and Cleveland. Mike Clevenger will be the cash game play of the day at eleven thousand eight hundred, and a Cleveland stack against Glenn Sparkman's definitely in order. Jose Ramirez at fifty one hundred. Save some money with Kipnis at thirty nine hundred. Roberto Perez thirty seven hundred. I love Tyler Naquin at thirty six hundred. Uh, you know, I, I think the way these bats are spaced, like. Uh, 5,400 for Carlos Santana, 3,700 for Greg Allen. Uh, I think Cleveland might be my favorite stack of the night. Uh, they will certainly be among my top three stacks of the night. Uh, you also throw in uh, Yassel Puig at 45. I do love Kipnis here. Uh, you know, he is de he's definitely a bargain at 38. Uh, I would even consider, you know, Framo Reyes here at uh, 38. He hasn't, you know, hit the ball well uh, since arriving in Cleveland. But he's a guy that, you know, if you're willing to take a low-end gamble in the bottom of your, if, uh, in your outfield, I would take a look at Reyes. Uh, Texas and Chicago, Colby Ayler, he's been okay. Ivan Nova's been really good, but you never know when he's going to implode. So uh, I'd stay away from him, uh, maybe a GPP play, but I'm kind of avoiding this game. Only guy that I'm looking at here would be uh, Willie Calhoun went deep last night. Uh, third home run this week. Uh, yeah, I think that there's a bit value uh, in him. Other than that, there's not a, really a lot of Rangers bats that I like. Calhoun comes in at $4,800. Certainly affordable enough to where you can slide him into your DraftKings lineup. All right. Colorado's at St. Louis. Chichi Gonzalez against Dakota Hudson. You got to at least consider a, a St. Louis mini stack, although I don't like his. his as good as face up some of the other stacks that we've mentioned. Dakota Hudson continues to fare well. Uh, the advanced stats have not caught up to him yet. 
they haven't caught up to him because of the rough start, but uh, he did go six and two-third no-hit innings, uh, no innings on Monday. Uh, he's got 12 wins, and you, know, you look at the 363 ERA, uh, and think about where he was a couple of months ago. You're looking at a guy, I would certainly look at the GPP play. Okay. Uh, the Red Sox are at the Padres. Eovaldi's back in the rotation. Danilis and Lamette, probably not one of the best pitchers on the site, uh, on the slate. Uh, I'm probably going to go avoid here. Uh, yeah, I would go avoid here. Uh, you know, Danette is a guy that you know, can go up and down. Uh, so I would really avoid trying to stack up Red Sox here. Okay, and uh, San Francisco is uh, is going against Oakland. Madison Bumgarner is always a solid play, 10,400 against Chris Bassett, who's a solid play too. Uh, I, I kind of like Chris Bassett in this game too. I, I like Bassett as well. He has really pitched well over the last month. His last four starts, he's got a 180 ERA. And if you look at his last start, he really shut down the Astros, you know, holding the Astros to six runs over six innings. That's not an easy task these days. Yeah, and then you got Toronto at Seattle. Uh, Wilmer Font, uh, guy who always gets battered into Helvetica or Ariel. Uh, again, going against Felix Hernandez. Uh, you know, I, I would probably go Blue Jays mini stack here. Uh, I would go Blue Jays mini stack. I started with Vladimir Guerrero. I'd also uh, take a look at you know putting in. Uh, I would also take a look at putting in uh, Bichette in there as well. Uh, yeah, he's so hot. Yeah. Yeah, he's blistering hot. Yeah, I think you have to put him in there. I'd also take a look at uh, Danny Jansen at 3,200 behind the plate. Uh, we'll give you some uh, value uh, as far as uh, you know catching uh, as far as catching is concerned. Uh, I've cooled a bit on Kevin Biggio uh, at 3,700, but if you feel that you can put him in there, and you're thinking that you know Felix, obviously with that 6.52 ERA, is suspect. I would consider putting Biggio in there as well. Yeah. Okay. Favorite stacks: Cleveland, Minnesota, the Dodgers, uh, Toronto. At least a mini stack. Cincinnati. At least a mini stack. Uh, pitching wise, Clevenger and Bumgarner are probably your best cash game plays if you want to spend up. But if you want to save money, you have uh, Kyle Gibson. Uh, you have you have uh, Freed against the Mets. Uh, Bassett's a good play, although you won't save as much as the other two. And uh, you like to go to Hudson. I, I like to go to Hudson here uh, tonight, yo. It's Colorado on the road, and I think with the way that Hudson has been pitching, I think that there is a very – I think he's a very good sleeper play here tonight. All right. Thanks for listening to the Wind Daily Podcast. And uh, tomorrow it will be Jason Mezrahi and Brandon Williams back. Thanks a lot for listening.